I'm Leanna Shields, and you're listening to The Cozy Sleuth. Today at Snoops and Sleuths, I have with me Alex McKenna. Am I saying that right? Alex Kenna is my pen name. Kenna. Sorry. (laughs) Um, And she's here to talk about her books, writing, and all things cozy. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself to my Snoops and Sleuths and get it more right than I got it? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um. My I'm Alex Kenna. My uh, my first book, What Meets the Eye, it's an art related murder mystery, is coming out December sixth. I'm very excited, and I'm very excited to be here. Oh, that sounds so much fun! An art related mystery. <laughs> yeah, I have a an art background from before I became a lawyer, so it was my way of combining my my two sides. <laughs> oh wow. So you kind of hit on the first question. Was any of your writing inspired by your actual life? Yeah, it definitely was. Um, I went to art school when I was in my 20s, um, and I, I worked in art gallery for a while um, in a, in a interned in a couple museums. So uh, that that portion of the book is definitely inspired by people uh, and experience that I had. For instance, uh, there's one chapter with a sadistic art professor. And at one point he, you know, takes somebody's straw and, and uses it to point things out and then just dr- dumps it in the turpentine. And that happened to me. And then he, uh, he, at another point, he makes everybody draw a model and puts on this hideous clown mask which is also something that happened to me. So that's one character who was inspired from art school. And um, you know, there's a couple other people in that in that universe who I definitely drew on real, real individuals for inspiration. Oh gee, wow. <laughs> as a as a writer myself, I can honestly say I think it's hard for us not to put our real life experiences somehow in our books. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I think it it gives books a little bit more color because there's just, you know, real life has details that even no matter how creative you are, you're just not necessarily going to come up with them. Oh, absolutely. Um, With me, while I never ran a ranch or things like that, which I would love to one day, I think that'd be kind of cool to have like llamas and stuff. (laughs) But I did visit like uh there's a town here in Colorado called Pagosa Springs love it love the area so much decided to set my mystery there and I love old movies so I let my character be a fan of old movies and just those little details that slip in or maybe they're put there intentionally just gives our world more life (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's also making, uh, if you have a passion like that with with old movies, I think it can make it more fun from the writing perspective because you have an excuse to kind of go down the rabbit hole and, and do a little research into things that you would want to be looking up anyway. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I'm also a mythology geek, as I call it, a mythology nerd. That's the term I use. And writing my book was pretty much an excuse to look into mythology all over the world to find my characters for the mystery (laughs) that's amazing my husband's a huge mythology geek so every time I'm in the bookstore if I see you know a book of myths from a new a new country or a new culture I have to buy it for him and he gets excited oh fun well if you ever have a chance uh find him something for from the Native American culture there is some interesting myths in that (laughs) Yeah, that sounds great. 
I actually, through researching, discovered that two tribes have versions of elves. They call them forest dwellers, but they're the closest thing to elves in their societies. One is the Choctaw, and one is the Sioux Indians. Both have a type of elf. Wow, that's amazing. I'm going to put that on my research list. <laughs> but enough about me. Back to you, guest of the honor. <laughs> guest of honor. Um, do you have any advice for those who want to write or write cozy specifically? Yeah, I think a lot of it relates to what we were just talking about. I think especially um I think if you're if you're just kind of start getting started with writing something, um pick an area that um that where you feel comfortable kind of dwelling in and that can be you know it doesn't have to be like direct like maybe you watch your kids all the time or you watch your grandkids and maybe you end up you know writing a cozy where your character runs a daycare center because you have experience you can kind of you can write honestly about you know changing diapers or or that kind of thing Uh, and that's one of the things that's so cool about cozies because you get to see you know you have the murder aspect but you also have you know, this other aspect where you a lot of the time get this window into another world. And uh, I think, you know, especially when you're kind of finding your feet, um, you know, looking at areas where you kind of are already comfortable talking about, you know, for me, um, you know, I know how to, I'm a painter. So that was something I knew how to talk about. And that made it easier and a little bit less daunting to think about putting a book together, because I thought, okay, well, you know, I I know how to paint, I know how to write about painting. Uh, So I think, that's definitely a, one way to get started. And then uh, I think one thing, one other thing that I tried to do when I was really getting started writing was trying to read people who write very differently than I do, like with very different styles. Um, and then I think that, um, or who were really good at things that were not my strengths, I felt like. And then by kind of forcing myself, I shouldn't say forcing myself, but um, you know, challenging myself to look into people who were good at things that I needed to get better at um, I felt like, you know, you, you know, you don't learn by copying, but you kind of get inspired and, and get a sense of how to, how to put things together. Absolutely. Um, with, I completely agree with that with some of my favorite authors that have helped me improve in my writing just by reading them are authors like Alexander McCall Smith, the way he writes just these wonderful word word pictures and the way he writes the um the female relationship with other women is just amazing and so much fun to read and it's like I would read him all day just to improve my own writing yeah and that's not something you can say about all male writers I think being able to write women um well and and female relationships i think that that's definitely a skill uh that uh not everybody has absolutely it can it can get not sketchy but very you can easily go wrong and that goes for women writing men too oh yeah and i think that's another challenge when you're (laughs) when you're writing a book you want to make sure that you write your your characters come off as authentic and you know that could mean that, you know, maybe there's a story where you're not the best person to tell it. And it could also just mean that you need to make sure that you do your homework and, you know, 
talk to people who've had more of this experience, uh, you know, talk to people who might've been through something, you know, read books by people who've been through something to just to make sure you educate yourself. So I think, um, you know, especially in this market, in this day and age, people are, readers really crave authenticity. And I think, um, you know, making sure that that's kind of in the forefront of your mind when you're putting a book together, I think is really important. Absolutely. It And it can be hard too, because it's like, if you think, okay, how hard can it be just to throw some characters together and put them in a situation and you got a book, right? Oh no, there's more mm-hmm. to your characters than just this little stick figure. <laughs> right. <laughs> even And even how they talk, I think, is something where I feel like, you know, as a writer, you put your first draft together and, some, and then you read it and you realize, uh, you know, sometimes your characters have the same mannerisms or they talk a certain way. Or, you know, I might have a character who, if you have a character who's a homeless teen that I write and, you know, which I don't in this book, but if I did, you know, and then they are speaking like a, you know, a 37 year old lawyer, that's a bit of a disconnect. And I think that's another step where even just those little details of mannerisms and speech patterns, you have to kind of like check, check yourself and go back and, and read that for authenticity. Absolutely. And I've had friends read over my character Bridger because he is a former captain in the army. And I wanted to make sure that if he's using military slang, like every now and then he tells Sabia he has her six. I had to make sure that that was something that they would say. And I would send it to friends who were who were veterans and it's like yep that works that (laughs) yeah I think and that's great I think having a Reese having resources like that if you know people you know who've lived lived a life that you want to talk about where you can go back and kind of check this is so useful Mm -hmm. absolutely but you do have to have the right ones because I've used some they never got back to me on things and it's like Mm -hmm. thank you so much (laughs) Yeah, no, that 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 can always be a challenge, but um, especially with that, you end up sending a lot of emails and asking for a lot of favors when you're putting a book together and doing your research. Yeah. True. So, do you have a favorite character in your books, or would you get in trouble with your other characters? <laughs> well, it you know it's hard. I guess my my sleuth is probably the, is the character I relate to the most. I mean, she's. Um, you know, she's a, a mom. She's, you know, a little bit of an introvert. Um, she's got a touch of ADD is a little bit of a mess. Um, and uh, so she's, she, you know, she's one who I probably relate to the most, but uh, it was also really fun to write Margot, the artist who's the victim in my case, uh, which is not giving anything away. That's, 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 that, that comes out pretty early, but um, you know, that was probably the most fun to write because Margot is very different from me. I mean, she's artistic, but she's, um, she's out there. She's fearless. Um, she's a total narcissist and she has a little bit of a sadistic streak. So, um, you know, she's, uh, she was, you know, a, a way to kind of, uh, talk, uh, talk from the perspective of somebody who's, you know, very different from me. Although a couple of my friends have read the book and they're like, she sounds just like you. So maybe I'm a little bit <laughs> off base on there. <laughs> I think no matter how far we try and write a character that is 
different from us there's always a little bit of us in it oh I think for sure I think <laughs> sometimes it it might almost be like you're writing different versions of yourself and you can yeah. if you kind of you can start seeing more of yourself when you look at at several characters at the same time out of curiosity have you ever done a personality test for your characters because that can be really fascinating <laughs> no that's I, I I'm intrigued that's an that's a really interesting idea I have taken each of my characters through the Myers-Briggs 16 personality test each one got a different uh letter combination each one got a different personality base to the point where it's like how the heck did six <laughs> different characters come from me that have like one's extrovert one's introvert but then there's the different subclasses of introvert and it's like what <laughs> <laughs> Wow. You know, I, I almost feel like that should be a writing exercise where when you're kind of conceiving of a book, like the idea of taking your characters through that test, it probably helps you think about different different angles just by asking all the questions. It it absolutely does. Actually, I had a point in I'm currently working on the fourth book in the series and I have my main character, Sabia, about to go on stage with her friends who have a band, a local band, and she's going to play like her flute. She, she's talking with her husband going like, why did I agree to do this? I am not an <laughs> entertainer. Well, I have Bridget go like, honey, that is exactly what you are. Cause in, according to the Myers Briggs personality, 16 personalities, that is the classification she got. She is the entertainer personality. She will go out of her way to make sure her guests are comfortable. Uh, but she loves being surrounded by people. And <laughs> well, that's so interesting. And I guess in in real life, there's kind of always kind of the disconnect between how you think about yourself and how others see you. And you know, I guess with the with personality tests, that the same thing applies for your characters. Is you have your idea of your characters, but your characters are probably going to have a very different idea of who they are. Absolutely. And it, and like you said, I really do think that should be something that if you're thinking of writing a cozy mystery or any book in general, take your character to that site, answer the questions as your character, it will be so enlightening and kind of give you a direction to go if you're struggling with that awful first sentence. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I think and any tips for getting through that that first sentence, I think, you know, are, are always good. The blank page syndrome. Oh. <laughs> so we mentioned uh, reading books to, if not influence our writing, at least figure out how to improve our writing. Do you have an author that's most gone that direction for you? I would say probably Tana French. And I when, when I first started trying to kind of teach myself how to book put a book together, I read a lot of her, um, partly because she writes beautifully. And um, and she's another one who doesn't, she writes very differently than I do. I, 
Um, I my writing is it's very direct and she's very flowery, but she's also she has an acting background. And so she almost does like you can almost feel her stage directing her characters when they talk. And I think when you're first kind of teaching yourself how to put a book together, one of the challenges is kind of what surrounds dialogue. Because if you just have a page where it's, you know, John said blank, Mary said blank, John said blank, uh, that's not very engaging. And so I read, a, I kind of, I read her, her whole series just kind of with that in mind, because she was so, she uh, said a scene so beautifully and wove um, interaction into her writing so beautifully. So she was um, a really, a really big influence. Yeah. And I was the same way when I first started writing. I actually gave my first book to a friend and he's like, slow this scene down to mm -hmm. what is going on around everything. Go into further detail. And it sounds like this author does an amazing job with that. Yeah, she does. She, she, writes, she, writes, she puts things together really beautifully. And then um, I think also you kind of, you don't necessarily need to include a whole conversation, which is something that you kind of realize when you start reading, reading for, um, to teach yourself where you can kind of just like get the subsets of the conversation and then you can kind of allude to some of the rest of it. Right. Right. You don't need every, he said, she said moment, <laughs> just no. the big ones. Are... <laughs> yeah. Enough to give you a flavor for the characters and, and to convey what's happening in the scene. Right. Right. So if you and your main character sat down for coffee or whatever your preferred mode of caffeine intake is, <laughs> uh, what would they get and what would you get? Oh, well, it's definitely is coffee. Um, <laughs> but I think there is a, there's one scene in my book where my, uh, my character, Kate, um, goes to, uh, there's this dive bar in LA uh, where they serve iced Irish coffees. Uh, where it's it's this kind of crazy bar that's it's subterranean and there's a speakeasy in the back and in the front they serve you know kind of drinks and coffee and also um, French dip sandwiches and then you know you have in the back you have all these like you know gazelle like hipsters going to their you know chic experience in the speakeasy <laughs> but um, yeah so she gets she orders an iced Irish coffee which is basically like a coffee smoothie with you know, whipped cream and a touch of whiskey, uh, and it's the most delicious thing on the planet. So, um, I think that would, she would probably order one of those and I would probably follow her example. <laughs> There's actually a restaurant here in Colorado that has what is called the flying Elvis. It is a peanut butter banana smoothie with espresso and chocolate in it. Oh my, oh my gosh. That is so decadent and good. <laughs> That sounds dangerous. Oh, yes, very. <laughs> but that would probably be my character's go-to if she were in the Denver area. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd be there right, right, right there with her. <laughs> oh. That question says a lot about our characters, I've found. And I think it's such a fun, revealing question. <laughs> You know, I, I, yeah, that is a fun question. And it's, uh, you know, I, it's, I have a, this theory that cat people like tea and dog people like coffee, or even just, I feel like what some little things like what your, what your go-to can say a lot about your personality or even just kind of connect to other little personality quirks. 
Oh, definitely. Um, with with my main character Sabia, her go-to is always the the sweet coffee drink. Like she'll go for a raspberry mocha if she is super stressed. Uh, and it's like, yeah, I'm kind of there with her. The sweet coffee drink. Give me sugar with my caffeine. We're good. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's funny. I feel like that does start painting a picture already. <laughs> so outside of writing, what other hobbies do you like to do? Um, yeah, well, I, painting is kind of my first love. So that's, that's that's a big one, but um haven't done a lot of it lately because I have a I have a toddler. So um <laughs> the uh, the thought of trying to get paints out and try to keep them out of it is terrifying. But um, <laughs> Lately, I uh, I had a, a couple friends growing up, and then uh, my cousins grew up in in houses that were just full of music. Music. My uh, my cousins, their um, their one of their grandfathers was a professional musician, and they play all these instruments. And I, you know, I kind of wanted. I like the idea of having that for my son, even though I have no musical talent. So <laughs> I I got a couple string instruments and just kind of taught myself basic chords. Uh, you know, sing him basic songs with, you know, strum some basic chords and in the hopes that, you know, maybe that'll, maybe it'll inspire him and uh, he'll be able to grow up playing instruments. Cause um, to me, I always thought it was almost like speaking. If you have that ability, it's almost like speaking multiple languages. It's just something that adds so much flavor to life. So I would say um, playing string instruments badly is kind of my <laughs> hobby at the moment. <laughs> wow. That's, that's impressive. Cause I tried to teach myself to play guitar. Yeah, even my dog ran away from me with that. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been getting a lot of mommy no's lately when I try. So <laughs> I might be putting that hobby back back to the side for a while. <laughs> oh, but music is great because my grandpa used to love all kinds of music. He'd play the squeeze box. He He's saying he could remember church hymns in his 90s. It's amazing. We, did a, we gave him a 90th birthday party that was a hymn sing. He was the only one not using the hymn book. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's a, that's amazing. It just, it it's such an important part of, of life and something that just stays with you forever. Absolutely. Music, and it Again, it's one of those things that tells you so much, if not about yourself, it can tell you about your character too. <laughs> Absolutely. I have a, a character in a, a different book that's not published who was uh, a musician. And that was really, really fun to write just because you, um, you know, you think about what would he be listening to in the car and, and what does that mean? And, you know, what instruments are going to, you know, appeal to him. And um, I think we kind of put ourselves in boxes a lot with the arts. Like I'm a writer versus I'm a visual artist versus I'm a musician, but there's definitely a connection. Even if you're only good at one or you're better at one, I think, you know, once you have an interest in the arts, you know, most of the time it spreads across different arts. Oh, definitely. I call myself an artistic butterfly. I write, I, I do fiber arts, needle felting, knitting, uh, I tried needle tatting for a while, but gave that up out of pure frustration, the stupid knots. 
I'm, I don't, I'm not even familiar with needle tatting. I'm going to have to do some research. Take a very long, thin needle and wrap thread around it. And it forms this beautiful stuff, but holy cow, is it an annoying <laughs> thing to get into. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> but it's, I call it slightly less dangerous than needle felting. That is a painful thing to get into. Uh, probably a painful thing to make mistakes at. Oh, yes. I use uh, finger protectors. And somehow those needles still get through. And they are barbed needles. So they hurt like nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Well, I should probably get to the next question before we run out of time. <laughs> How can my snoops and sleuths follow you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, and also I have a website. It's just alexcannon.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, but um, Twitter is probably the one I'm the most active on. Um, just acannon9. And uh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd uh, yeah, feel free to follow me or send me a message anytime. And I'll be sure to include those links in the show's notes. Great. Thank you so much. I can't believe we're at the last question. I've had so much fun talking with you. Yeah, me too. What is the one complaint your characters would have you about you as an author? Because I'm sure all our characters can complain. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> well, I think Margot would probably be mad that I killed her. Um, oh. <laughs> Kate would probably be mad that... Um, that I haven't having a center center a boyfriend yet, but I think probably her her bigger complaint would be uh, just to get to the point. Um, she's very practical, and I think um, the idea of taking a whole novel to solve a crime would would not be her style. <laughs> probably be like, okay, I've seen enough. Know who it is. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, send this to me in a two page police report, and then we'll talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, that is, those are some great answers. <laughs> and I've had so much fun talking with you. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much for having me. This has been lovely. Well, Snoops and Sleuths, you've heard another great interview here on The Cozy Sleuth. I'd like to thank my patrons for their help in keeping the show commercial-free and growing. And I'd like to thank my coffee clutch for their help as well. If you'd like to be one of my patrons, Join me on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash thecozysleuth. Or you can join my coffee clutch at coffee.com slash thecozysleuth. That's ko-fi.com slash thecozysleuth. And if you want to hear some cozy mysteries read by live actors, check out the Cozy Mystery Rat's Maze, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, this is Leanna Shields saying, keep cozy.